Welcome, everybody, to The Psychologists Are In. I am Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmitson. And today we are talking about dual spires. The time has come. One of my favorite, all-time favorite episodes of Psych. And we are so lucky to be joined by the director of that episode, director of many of our, as we say, psychotic episodes, Matt Shackman. Matt is so busy these days. He is prepping the new Fantastic Four movie, but he took some time to sit down and talk about Dual Spires. And we're so grateful. So please enjoy. Everybody welcome Matt Shackman. <laughs> it's great to be here. I mean, I, I loved working on that show and they're my fondest memories is hanging out with you guys and making really fun, crazy episodes. And uh, and you know, Tim, you and I go back to judging Amy. Oh, so, my God, I love this. which was a crazy show early in my career, and with a lot of crazy personalities. And you were the golden God. light in the middle of all the chaos. Oh, and, what a sweet man! Oh, I, so I, sweet. Do you remember the episode you directed? What it was called? I've suppressed it, but, uh, <laughs> but yes, it <laughs> was a golden light. How could how could you suppress that one? Uh, uh, yes, was it a lot. It was tough, but. Such a pleasure to work with you then and then to come back and work with you later and to meet Maggie and to meet James and Dulay and everyone on this this amazing show. I look forward to going up to Vancouver and hanging out with you guys. And it was just such a pleasure. And the show is so ambitious, you know, being able to do a show about Jaws and Clue and and uh, a Spanish uh, or a Mexican soap opera. And uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, it was great. Every, every episode was a surprise. It was fun. You were one of us right from the get-go. Oh, from the very beginning. I feel like Nine Lives was actually like the episode where we all were like, oh, we're like everybody, like we hit our stride at that point. Like we were getting comfortable and like, we kind of knew what the show was, but nine lives was like, like, oh, we're going to get wild. Like, <laughs> and we're going to also get away with it. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have... it was the really important part. <laughs> yeah. Like nine lives was so crazy. Um, but also it was like, I feel like it was the very beginning of us really, pun intended, like stretching and figuring out what we were going to be allowed to do. Dazzling and stretching, would you say? Ben, the, the dazzle and stretch, or yes. Um, so uh, yeah, that, that episode I feel like is such a standout. It's also just such a, um, we say psychonic, um, Matt, psychonic uh, episode. But it also, it was for us, I think personally, it was just a big episode where like we, we really knew, I felt like we, we found like a real identity for the show at that point. You know, so. I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I, I interviewed to, to be the producing director on Psych. Um, and they made the Not right enough. decision to hire Mel Damsky. Um, but they were like, yeah, you don't have enough experience. You're too, you know, whatever. Um, and that, and, which was fine, but I had gone through the whole process and I guess it, we had gone down to, to, to Mel and I, or whatever, and shut up, um, like alt universe life that could have happened, but um, but I got to. I didn't know that. that. I great. really didn't know that. And honestly, like, it's so funny. I love the like, yeah, Matt, you don't have a not enough experience yet, but someday. Yep. Someday. <laughs> like, someday. And look at look at I'm Matt. Surprised they didn't go. Wait, he's worked with Thompson. If he could work with Thompson, he could work with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So Matt. How we, well, Tim, do you want to ask Matt a very important question? Yes. Matt Shackman, old pal. Are you, sir, ready to help myself and my dear friend, Margaret Cassidy Lawson, podcast the shit out of this episode? I am. I'm honored. Yes. Yay. Yes. Um, Tim. Before we start, before we start I thought that you both look fantastic. Thanks <laughs> to you. Um, Matt, we spend the first like five to 10 minutes just like, complimenting each other and talking about how great the other one looks and also and the last gonna... half the first half hour post recording then texting <laughs> each other telling how great they yeah 100 and matt you look great well, thank and as do you and tim you have the best beard in hollywood still 100 yesterday nice it looks great also that you i see that you're wearing uh baby blue today why is that tim you're a little ocean eyes blue yeah you know who sings the song called ocean eyes is billy eilish who we have learned recently is a very big is a psych fan. Really? Oh, yeah. she's amazing. She's she amazing. Really come to our show. Yeah, we got to get her. Actually, before we start, I will say, um, did you know 
like I know from the beginning that James always really wanted to do a Twin Peaks episode. Did you know that? And had you all discussed or did, did he just say like, Hey, we finally got this episode approved, greenlit, whatever it is. And you're going to be the guy. And then you jumped on, or did you know Twin Peaks? Did you know the world? Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I was a super fan of Twin Peaks. So, oh, so I think James and I had talked about yeah. that along the way. We were super fans of like all the same stuff, like horror movies. Like we bonded over so many things very early on. And I think at some point, I mean, it probably wasn't first season or even second season, but he had said, I've got this thing that I really want to do. Eventually I want to do a Twin Peaks loving homage. So I knew it was happening yeah. when I got that call that I could come do it. That was awesome. So yeah. Um, so you, you did what? Four of our homage episodes? Yeah. Oh my God, right? Blue Jaws, uh, Peaks. I, I guess you count the, you know, telenovela as, a, as one. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. know absolutely what that is. Yeah. Wow. The other day, um, not the other day, but like last year, I was shooting in Vancouver and I was shooting uh, out at, you know, those the docks, the wharf. I can't remember what it's called. And I was shooting the Godzilla show for Apple. It's called Monarch. And we yeah. had this fishing boat out there, rain towers, whatever. And I turned around and I looked and I realized that I was standing in the exact spot where you wrestled a shark, Tim. Uh-huh. Oh. I was like, oh my God, if I'd known, I'd be in this exact same spot years later here. Like, oh, that's so sweet. That's that cool. That's really cool. Uh, I remember where that was. Isn't it down by the pier? Um, like under the it's pier? A, it's a cannery? Fisherman's Wharf? It's like a cannery? That's the old... Yes, yes, yeah. yeah that area. Yeah. Steve's, is that Steveston? Steveston, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice call. <laughs> Maggie. <laughs> I like I love that little area. I thought it was so random and cute. And so in us, you know, being a Santa Barbara show, like it was always fun to shoot there and you know, yeah. make it look like a I mean it was a sweet little marina, but all the yeah. little shops and all of that too. It was fun. Yeah. Um Steveston with throwback. All right. So you did so you did uh several of our like homage episodes. You always knocked it out of the park. I think you did uh the majority of our, I don't know like memory like this iconic i mean tim wouldn't you say these are like probably the most some of the most popular memorable psychotic episodes we have my my rant by saying that yeah yeah like i feel like i feel like that was like it was like oh we're gonna do a crazy homage and it's like oh then we gotta call matt (laughs) it's gotta be matt we need we need to get we need to get shackman in yeah so and and then i'll also say so matt we're gonna have um uh I guess this can be a spoiler alert. Dana Ashbrook on as well next week because we feel like this episode deserves like a couple of a uh, um, couple of episodes to talk about like the perspective of like making it happen and then also for the cast. I feel like this like the coming together. We had so many of the original cast members. It was so crazy. Did you all like? I mean, I, I'm I'm sure they all just jumped on and said yes. Of course, we're going to do this. It's but, because. Yeah. Of- Dana, you know, I think it was Dana, you know, James knew Dana because they were on, what was that show? He was on something year one, Ryan. Ryan Caulfield. Ryan Caulfield, year (laughs) one, right. They were on a TV show way back and James was a big Peaks fan and went up to him and was like, you will be my friend and made friends with Dana and who's a great guy. And then, you know, it was easy, I think, for a lot of people in Twin Peaks to imagine that we were making fun of them. But I think it was Dana who understood that this was being made with love by people who loved the show and wanted right. to do an homage to this. And so then he was the intermediary, if I remember, in calling all the other cast members and saying, no, you should take this seriously. Come, it's being done with the right spirit. So if it, if it weren't for... And Ray Wise, you know, who'd been on the show already, oh, I think helped yes. also. But I think it's the sort of... The two of them made it possible, really. Wow. Okay. I, I'm now remembering that. I don't think I remember that when I, and Dana's just a friend. So I was like, you got to come on and talk about that experience, but I'll definitely ask him, um, about, you know, reaching out to everybody and having to be like, this is not like a spoof or something silly. It's like, it's like a love, love. Yeah. (laughs) And also the double episode as a gift to our lovely, beautiful, handsome, amazing listeners who stuck through us through the pivot during the strike. And so we need, we need a more real psych stuff. Yeah, we're double, we're double, we're double pumping this one. Doubling, doubling down on this one. Okay, so we read us. So I'll read the synopsis, but like anything that comes up, and I feel like even I have, like I'm gonna even have questions. Um, uh, just interrupt me, chime in. Sometimes uh, Tim raises his hand. Um, just yeah. 
He's a good student. Um, so we'll dive in. And then uh, we also have some fan questions for you. And did we tell you, Did have we thanked you enough for coming on and doing this episode? I hope we have. Oh my God, this like, is great. Just, I was looking forward to this all day. This is the highlight of my day. It's oh. it's, it's wonderful. The rest is stress. You're, you're prepping some big, massive um, movie right now, aren't you? I am. Yeah, I'm Fantastic Four for Marvel. Oh, and just um, that. Starting to shoot that next uh, next year, so yeah. If you're in a, I know you're still taking time to come talk to us and our yeah. amazing business. We know it's like so busy for you right now. So and and also fantastic for is congratulations. I was about to say it's so fantastic, but you know, it's <laughs> yeah. too much. When Matt called me and actually said we've got we've got a time, we got Matt. I couldn't believe we actually got you. I know. So this thank you so much for coming and joining. And he was so sweet. He was like, from I like sent him a text. He's like, yes, I, I if I can work it out, I will. And I we just really appreciate you. So, um, okay, episode twelve. Are we ready? Let's I feel like go. this is such a big one. Okay, um, Dual Spires, written by Steve Franks, Bill Callahan, directed by our guest today, Matt Shackman. Pineapple sighting. Did you get this, Tim? I, I was too busy enjoying the episode to, to even try to find it. So no. There is a pineapple in a bowl of fruit. Did you get this, Matt? Do you know this? Um, I remember it. I remember being like, oh, where are we going to do that? And then we threw it in the, yeah, it was in Dana's house or something. in the Yeah, table. Robert Parker's with, with uh, the bowl of fruit. Yeah. Oh my God, good memory. Wait, did you watch the episode leading up to this? I, or these are just for memory? I did, no, because oh. I have a memory of a goldfish, you know, which is, allows me to continue <laughs> to work in this business. And say right. yes to crazy projects that will stress me out. So yeah, no, I had to go back and watch it again and uh, and remind myself. And actually, it was oh so good to see, and it brought back so many great memories. It, it's so good. Um, so before we, oh, actually, hold on, uh, I will do this. Cold open back at the office. Sean and Gus receive a mysterious email asking them to come to a cinnamon festival in dual spires a town so small it's written in parentheses on the map um yes tim tell us who helped our writers come up with this title i i think i have an idea that someone on this podcast came up with the name dual spires so uh this is thank you it's so funny i wasn't even gonna tell that story because i was like uh but yeah, so I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. I, I remember James talking about, um, you know, a funny play on Peaks to, and you know, growing up in Louisville, Kentucky and the Kentucky Derby, uh, Churchill Downs is also uh, <laughs> called, it's called the Twin Spires. And uh, yeah, and so it was sort of like, and then I started thinking, I was like, well, wait a second, so the Peaks and the things fires what about something and then i was like oh dual fire the dual spires it's like because i think we do say that sometimes too and so i actually it was me i'll just say it <laughs> it's a great name it's a perfect yeah. name. <laughs> yeah so thank you uh for my my louisville kentucky upbringing and uh churchill downs um okay so a town small what uh so when they opened the uh that email from the streets email the newspaper is called the um Great Northern is that a Great Northern? Which, which, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that is the name of the lodge in Twin Peaks. It's not yes, yes, it is. Which now is called the Snoqualmie Lodge, because the um here's a, speaking of your hometown, little little fun insider in, oh, in, yeah. inside of my hometown. So that the iconic double waterfall in the opening credits of Twin Peaks is called Snoqualmie Falls, which was 45 minutes from the house I grew up in. Whoa. <gasps> Oh, stop it. I didn't know that's that, Tim. They, that's where they filmed Twin Peaks and where all the reunion, uh, fa- uh, you know, fan events are. Yeah, North yeah. Runner and outside. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know about you all, but my family, we're, we're I think, pretty good gift givers during the holidays. We've always been about gifts. And I don't know. I feel like we try to spend time together as well. But yeah, gift giving is definitely a part of the season for us. Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself. And the holidays are a great time to do that. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. I find it very helpful to get to know myself in the way I have in therapy, just because I don't have to be as scared, I feel like, about things that come up. I understand them a little bit better, where they come from, 
And I know whether they're sort of like emotionally relevant for what's happening at the time. And that helps. It just helps to feel a little bit more proactive around taking care of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pineapple today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pineapple. Staying consistent is tough, whether it's putting your phone away 30 minutes before bed, drinking enough water during the day, or getting your steps in for the day, but that's where Copilot comes into play. Copilot is a personalized fitness solution. Every individual is unique, so your fitness journey should be too. Copilot's app links you with an affordable real-life fitness coach who customizes workouts tailored to your individual needs and goals. You can work out anywhere, anytime, and make fitness a seamless part of your lifestyle. Why I love using my Copilot app is because of their personalization toward workouts. You'll get a completely personalized workout with step-by-step guidance. Your coach continuously updates and adapts every workout with your goals, schedule, and injuries. My Copilot app offers a connection to a real-life expert coach who always holds me accountable, even if it's just to get 10 minutes of moving in every single day. And it's so good because you never regret it. You know you always feel better when you move just a little. So it's really helpful. Copilot gives you tailored workouts that are enjoyable and effective, and they also give their regular progress check-ins, support, and guidance. But the best part is that they understand busy schedules. My coach is always flexible and creates programs based on my busy lifestyle. My trainer, Erin, was so sweet. We had a Zoom, very thorough, really got to know not just like what my goals were, but also like how I work and my personality type when it comes to working out, which is so important. We're all so different. And that's the part that I really, really, really appreciated. I, I needed something a bit more tailored with my life and schedule and they were just right there for it. I would love for you to follow my lead to get fit and feel fabulous. Give Copilot a try. Find out why it was just listed by Forbes as the top-rated personal trainer app of 2023. Head to go.mycopilot.com slash pineapple to get a 14-day free trial and 20% off your first month of personalized fitness with your own personal trainer if you sign up before February 1st, 2024. That's go.mycopilot.com slash pineapple to get a free 14-day trial and 20% off your first month. Sign up for the new year and let Copilot help you reach your fitness goal. Are you tired of the same old recipes and grocery shopping hassle? Well, listen up, because we have found a game changer for your kitchen adventures. Green Chef. Green Chef is the meal kit delivery service that takes the stress out of meal planning and prepping. Whether you're a seasoned chef or a kitchen novice, Green Chef has got you covered with their diverse and delicious meal options. All the recipes are quick and easy to prepare with step-by-step instructions and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. And let's talk about quality. Green Chef is all about using organic, sustainably sourced ingredients you can feel very good about putting on your plate, knowing it's not only delicious, but also good for the planet. Plus, Green Chef is perfect for those busy days when you don't have time to hit the grocery store, which is every day, right? Aren't we all busy every day? Everything you need for a gourmet meal is right there in their box. Feel your best this December with fresh seasonal recipes featuring certified organic fruits and vegetables, organic cage-free eggs, and sustainably sourced seafood. Green Chef offsets 100% of our delivery emissions as well as 100% of the plastic in every box. Plus, nearly all packaging materials are curbside recyclable in most areas of the U.S. With Green Chef, you are reducing your food waste by up to 23% versus grocery shopping. Some of my favorite meals of theirs include the buttery lemon garlic shrimp. It is so good. The apricot chicken and the incredible maple butternut squash risotto. Also so good. So cozy, especially this time of year. I am powering through the bustling holiday season with Green Chef's convenient step-by-step recipes, and I'm always done in 30 minutes or less. Seriously, it's like to the minute. Go to greenchef.com slash 60pineapple and use code 60pineapple to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. This is such a good deal. That's greenchef.com slash 60pineapple and use code 60pineapple to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. Here's where it gets really woo-woo. Maggie, you'll appreciate the woo-woo part of this. I love the woo-woo. I always love the woo-woo. So right after I finished watching the episode and working on my very professional notes, I turned on the, the evening news and it was a story about, it was a weather report. We're talking about how the Pacific Northwest was flooding. Oh, wow. So there's a guy, there's a uh, reporter doing an, an on the scene weather report. 
talking about how this one particular river was was uh was bursting. And he was standing, I shite you not, in front of Snoqualmie Falls. No. Wow. Oh, how weird. was for a second prediction weirdness? It feels a little like Twin Peaks spooky to me. I kind of love this. Okay, so they've now they got invited to the cinnamon festival. Sean is completely in, convinces Gus to go along with him. After walking around the town, people stare at the boys oddly. That's when they walk into uh, the local sawmill diner run by Robert Barker and his wife Michelle. Both uh, both original cast members, right? Go ahead. An homage to Bob. Uh, yeah. It was Bob, Bob, who, if you all, you all are hardcore Twin Peaks fans, yeah. I'm sure. So y'all know who, and Firewalk with me fans, when you really yeah. find out who Bob is. Right. Yeah. And Bobby Briggs, right? Wasn't that his character? Bobby Briggs, right. right. And, um, and the, the, there was a diner in Twin Peaks that was where everyone came together, which I think was called the Double R Diner. And Sawmill was the sort of big thing in town that burns. Right. Down, right. So. These are, this is all homage upon homage upon homage. It's and like and Easter egg, yeah. Everything. There are so many Easter eggs. Have we gotten to the opening credits yet? Not that yet. We're bringing up original cast members. So it's Robin yes. Lively coming back, and she was in the show. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Dana, Dana obviously we talked about already. Um, right. we, we reached out to so many, and I remember uh, Machen Amick was uh, originally who played Shelly on the show. Yes. Was, we had asked, and she had some interest, but then couldn't make it work, and then Robin came in and saved the day for us. Yeah. Uh, and then Michael Ontkeen, who played the sheriff, yeah. Truman, is who we asked to come play a- Andrew Jackson, the, uh, yeah. um, the sheriff, <laughs> and he couldn't make it work. Uh, and so the lovely and amazing Lenny Von Dolan, who's passed away who's, recently, and who right, I used yeah. to with yeah. with. And is a, the sweetest person. Um, so and, sweet. And he was originally on Twin Peaks too. So we ha- we were able to keep it all as Peaks people. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Even if I get it, uh, so good. Uh, right off the bat too. Okay. So um, the name <laughs> Sheriff Andrew Jackson, who questions how they heard about the festival since they deliberately keep it simple in their town. Uh, after obsessing over their slices of pie, they make their way to the square where the festival is being held. Yes, Tim. Did you raise your hand, Tim? No, I was just scratching my head. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'll next time. Oh, but just after Andrew's 17-year-old son, Randy, is crowned Cinnamon King. Randy uh, Jackson. Randy Jackson. Randy Jackson. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> dumb. died watching this again. Okay. It was yeah. like, every time I'd be like, this is... we had this runner on site where if we were doing like, Something like this, like the Randy Jackson bit or something, where we would just giggle and be like, this is so stupid. This is so stupid in the best, most loving way. And as That's I watched thing. this... This will never make the cut. This will never make... Right. And then I, I, as I was watching this episode, I literally kept saying like, oh my God, this is so stupid. It, oh, I think it's worth saying just... Um, I remember this being a very difficult location scouting episode. I was going to ask you about that. Specific. Yeah. And and the locations department did a killer job because this town feels like a complete backlot, and it was a little Britannia Beach up near Squamish, I think. Oh, but shot right. it. And it yes. was this the mill town as well, or mining town. So mining town, this yeah. Older part that was kind of stuck in time, and we did that as a backlot there. And then we found that diner separately, and we found the weird cabin at the end. And there was just a million different locations that I thought we would never find. And also on a, on the schedule, you know, this is not HBO. You know, you wouldn't have twenty days to go shoot this thing. No, I mean, it's just so jam packed. Um, but we did get an extra. It's so funny because last week we we talked to. Um, well, two weeks ago we talked to Steve Franks, uh, and he was talking about how like he was doing his episode while you all were prepping um, Dual Spires, and that uh, he you all needed the extra day because we shot seven day episodes, which most most dramas usually get eight, but we were psych and we got seven, and so but this was one of the ones that we get eight or even. More because this episode is longer. Well, you know right? that is right. The director's cut, the director's <laughs> cut yes. was twelve minutes too long, I think, or twelve wow. minutes over. And they did air it once, I think, or some version that might have been yeah. the normal running time in twelve minutes over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in my opus, um, but I'm not even <laughs> sure what version I watched this week. You know, I'm not sure uh, which one's available for download now. Or I noticed this one was longer because um, I when I watched future and future films. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah yeah okay randy jackson is crowned cinnamon king sean notices that of the 288 chairs three are empty 
Then Jack Smith, a teenager on a bike, crashes the festivities, shouting that something's happened at the lake. Robert and Michelle fear the worst has come true. Their missing niece, Paula Merrill, has been found dead. That I mean, the actor who played Jack Smith, whose name I cannot recall, was wonderful. And wonderful. Uh, did such a great job, as they all did, you know, and yeah. everybody in it, um, not just the Twin Peaks alums, but it was a great group. And um, Paula Merrill is a sort of, you know, anagram of Laura Palmer. Palmer. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's that leads me to like, I'm, you know, the scene where they discover the body, which is next, I think, right, where... We're I mean, there, yeah. That was another location where they where we found this beautiful, amazing lake. And I remember feeling just like the gods of television were behind us because the morning we came to shoot that, these incredible misty clouds came and settled on the water. And the, you know, just it had exactly that Snoqualmie Falls feel. It didn't mm-hmm. look that way when we scouted it. It probably didn't look that way two hours after we wrapped. Like it was just a moment. And then you had Cheryl Lee playing Laura Palmer. As the doctor, I have chills. Yeah, crazy. One of the great moments. We're just like, oh man, this is this is crazy. And the shot itself is like, yeah, go on, Tim. Secretary separation. Mm -hmm. So Cheryl used to be a very good friend of ours. Cheryl was at our wedding, so to see Cheryl on set was just incredibly sweet. (gasps) A lovely reunion. She was a dear old. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Um, Another great name, Doc Gooden. Doc Gooden. It's so good. Every like every second of this is just like I, I think I've watched I've watched it many times now. I mean, I'm watching it again this time. But even when we, I knew when we were shooting it, there were going to be so many uh, things that I'd be like, oh, I, I really hope these things stay in, but they they may not. So like, but they so many did, and I felt like as as we as I watched it again this time, I'm like, my God, like you didn't miss anything. Like we didn't miss any moment to have either an homage piece or a sweet piece with like names and people anyway question to the director sorry to interrupt Mm-mm. so that uh reveal of paula i mean it looks frame by frame frame by frame like, yeah like the um the source material yeah yeah down to the blue eyes was uh, i mean the the, the purple blue lips that shade of lip color was Dynamite. I remember being obsessed with getting that right, you know, and watching the original and, and the way the plastic is wrapped around her, finding the girl to play Paula, making sure when we took her photo with her as the prom queen, like matching Laura Palmer. Oh. Yeah. But like, all of that stuff was just, was just a joy to kind of, you know, recreate with loving authenticity as much as we could. Setting up the shots, setting up even the way they open on un- Unravel Her Face, all that stuff was meant to, you know, evoke the original. It's why you came back and did so many of our Love Little Homage episodes. Yeah. It's that attention to detail of the source material that got you coming back. But it's so funny that you have, you know, this, this scene of high drama and people crying and everyone crying. And then Deputy Frost takes him home in the rickshaw or whatever. Is that the same? <laughs> <laughs> Such absurdity side by side. You know, it's, absurdity it, is the right word. Absolutely straight, you know. Yeah. Work. The, yeah. the way Dana and uh, I can't really remember the actress's name. Are, oh my God, Rob, uh, uh, Robin Lively, uh, yeah, Michelle. Her character's name is Michelle. Yeah. So here's about for the for this, the screaming and crying when Michelle sees uh, Paula's spoiler alert, dead body. Who maybe was she? Was she murdered? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. That was a question, so you didn't great. give it the same juice. <laughs> when Michelle um, sees the body, she is so channeling Grace Zabrinsky, Zabrinsky in, in this um, mm-hmm. in this scene. Of course, the from the great Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. and little insider insight in the uh, secretary of separation with with Grace. Grace played my mother on my sad card job. Oh my god! Really? So yes, on, on, played, uh, on Seinfeld, she played uh, Jason Alexander's future mother-in-law. Oh my God, that's so good! It was fun that that uh, Cheryl Lana had the same TV mom. That's so good. Ah, oh, that's a good and thing. Dana is yeah. copying Ray Wise in you know sobbing hysterically. Yes, yeah, yes. Big performance, you know. Yeah. And he, he really went for it. It was fantastic. They both did, and it went on for a while. <laughs> so, in addition to so Grace was my mom on that episode of Seinfeld. My father was played by. The amazing uh, Warren Frost, who played Doctor Will on on the show, on the Twin Peaks episode. 
Oh my God. Stop it. Related so, to Mark Frost, the writer, creator? Uh, I, I don't know if they were related. I bet. Psychos, I bet you got your homework. Yeah, Psychos, Psychos, let us know. It's a season first. Everybody pull the cars over. If you're hanging holiday lights, get off the ladder. If you're watching <laughs> your cat, turn off the faucet. Oh boy! It is a, it is the sh- it is the season first of a sympath- of a Gus sympathetic crier. Oh, that's right. That's right. Of course, of course, Gus is crying. Yeah, a lot in this episode. And right. A lot, a lot. <laughs> but then, then comes the theme song, and all of those shots. Which, by the way, I want to ask about. So, this is sung by Julie Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. And and the 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 shots that we have of the like seagull and like the rant. Did you actually did we like stock that or was that stuff you were like, no, I'm actually I'm gonna capture these comments. We knew we needed stuff. And I mm-hmm. think Richard Coleman, right? Richard mm-hmm. Coleman may yeah. have gone off and shot some of those things. Like, mm. I don't remember if I shot, I think he may have shot the horse standing. You know, we we knew we needed a horse, which was also yeah. another Easter egg and we wanted to right. do. But we picked up things as we went, like the, the the sign and the vantage point from the sign looking down at the town, which is in the so opening, is also where they see the sign. And so once we shot the scene, we just had them step out and shot something. And we... And then I think we reused things like people walked out of the frame and the camera ran for another few seconds that ended up in the, whatever we could reuse all the parts of the Buffalo. And then some, probably some stock I think was put in there too. Dexter who edited, I think pulled some things, you know, we also need to acknowledge, uh, Julie recently passed away as well. Didn't she? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Catherine Coulson too, who plays the, the Oh my God. Right. So a lot of, a lot of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, life. Okay. Um, all right. So after Paula's body is removed, Sean learns Paula was originally from Santa Barbara and calls Juliet so that she can run the name through the SPPD database. Meanwhile, she and Henry are uh, ogling <laughs> over the fresh donuts at their office. Um, hold on. The uh, the duo then tandem bike over to the doctor's office for more answers. I don't know why I keep laughing just reading this because. It's just, I can't stop. But well, that anyway. was also another moment yeah. you know, that we copied yeah. perfectly in terms of how the donuts were arranged and all of that. And you and yeah. Were, you know, really great. Yeah. It was good. Um, also the tandem bike. Um, okay. So, yes. Okay. Doc Gooden, um, uh, who was also Paula's therapist, <laughs> hints the... <laughs> <laughs> is she, I is can't the do accountant? it without. He's an accountant as well. As he's a, an accountant like, as well. Yeah, yeah. Lot, she wasn't happy. Well. And a law degree, right. And she she may have killed herself. Uh, yes. Um, she just noticed she'd been unhappy for a long time. Uh, didn't. Anyway. Um, Sean notices half a pair of earrings from the evidence box and remembers uh, seeing Randy wearing the other half at the festival. Then they track Randy down to discover that he is the son of Sheriff Jackson, who Sean notices is taking medication for something. Randy confesses that he was seeing Paula, but they kept it secret because she was different from everybody else. And it was complicated. Um, we okay. added, I remember the ceiling fan uh, to that house, which is, you know, there's a the weird creepy oh, yeah. ceiling fan, yeah. which um, I remember, I think. Uh, the production designer being like, why do we have to add the ceiling fan here? And it's like, it's really important. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a big homage to the uh, Palmer house with its weird, creepy ceiling fan. Remember oh, I, now, okay. That's something I didn't even know. I just thought it was like picking up another creepy thing, but I didn't realize it was actually. Yeah. Oh, wow. Palmer house has it and, it, and it's got a great sound design. It's, oof, oof, it goes you around. didn't miss anything. You didn't miss anything. You didn't, um, you okay. Up. He, he tells them that he was at the library when Paula died and they uh, leave to confirm his alibi. The librarian, Maudette Hornsby, confirms the story, telling them Randy is there a lot and they developed a special bond after his mother's untimely passing. This scene, this is so good. <laughs> is it inappropriate to say the smoking hot Sherilyn Penn? 
I mean, I think it's okay. Because I like, was, it's it was so great to get her to come up and do this. And I remember speaking of the fact you had mentioned earlier, Maggie, that a lot of these folks hadn't seen each other in a long time. This was a big yes. reunion. I remember specifically yeah. Cheryl and Finn and Cheryl Lee hadn't seen each other in like 15 years or something until they reunited at the Sutton Place bar one night. Which, you know? Yeah. Um, I think they all had that sort of feeling of coming back together. And I think it became a, a warm, good reunion um, for these folks. And I remember walking through the lobby of, of the Sutton and seeing Sherilyn Fenn and then seeing next to her, uh, my computer guy who turned out to be married to her. <laughs> so this guy, Dylan wait, Stewart, wait. Mac whisperer who I'd been working with for years to solve all of my Mac problems. It turns out he had never mentioned that he was married to Sherilyn Fenn. It's oh my God. Sutton. This yeah. is like ringing a bell now. I feel like I remember this story a little bit, but oh my God, what a funny... So I gotta say, this gives computer nerds everywhere hope. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't think they're together anymore, but but yes. Um, oh, wow. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's yeah. okay. Hopefully yeah. they have they have a happy, happier life. Hopefully it wasn't an unhappy ending, I, I usually try to say. This podcast is sponsored by Naked Wines. I wish there was a way to know I would like a bottle of wine before I even have it, that I knew it was tailored to my taste and preferences. Well, now there is with Naked Wines. I love Naked Wines. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like for a fraction of the price you'd normally pay in stores. How do they do it? Naked Wine connects winemakers, everyday wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard to your door delivery at up to 60% off what you would pay in store. By cutting out the traditional retail middlemen cost and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. As a result, you'll get exclusive access to hundreds of top quality award-winning wines at significant savings, making Naked Wines perfect for any type of wine drinker. I love Naked Wines for that reason. I mean, I, I've discovered new wines that I love, but new winemakers. I love the sort of direct-to-consumer, skipping the middlemen, and also I feel like I get to know a lot of these sort of smaller, unique winemakers in the process. And that is one of my favorite parts. It's one of my favorite things about drinking wine in general. Anyway, Naked Wines has been around for over 10 years and funds over 90 independent winemakers with no commitments or membership fees. You can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker. So you are literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. I, that's what I love about it. I think it's so sweet. Anyway, head to nakedwines.com slash pineapple and click enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and enter pineapple for both code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 and shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. That's nakedwines.com slash pineapple and use the code and password pineapple and grab six bottles for just $39.99. That's six bottles for $39.99. This is such a good deal. Also such a good gift. One last time, nakedwines.com slash pineapple, code and password pineapple. $100 off your first six bottles. Just like that deadbeat your friend dated in college, vitamin labels can be disappointing. Misleading labels, questionable ingredients, sugary formulas, hard pass. But then there's Ritual, made for skeptics by skeptics. With their multivitamin for women, what you see is what you get, and what you get is so good. I love Ritual. Look, I love that I can read the ingredients. I love that I know what it's about. I love the company, but I also love how I feel. I feel better. I'm not kidding. I love this company. A clinically backed multivitamin for women 18 plus with high quality and traceable ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. With nine key nutrients in two capsules per day, their unique beadlet and oil is even patented. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is one of the few women's multis that's USP verified, meaning that what's on the label is what's in the formula. It's also soy-free, gluten-free, vegan-friendly, and formulated without GMOs. A minty essence in every bottle keeps things fresh and helps make taking your multis every day actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Ritual is offering our listeners 30% off your first month. Visit ritual.com slash pineapple to start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. The holidays are right around the corner. And while it's great to get gifts for the people you love, it's also time to give back to those less fortunate. And I'm not just talking about people in need, but I'm talking about cats too. I've always thought of myself as someone who gives back whenever I can. I tried to. 
at least, which is why I appreciate our next sponsor so much, Smalls. I'm a big advocate for people rescuing kitties in need. Our next sponsor is a brand that I love mainly for their food, but also because they donate to the Humane Society. This podcast is sponsored by Smalls. If you are a listener of this show, you know that our foster cats cannot live without Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge, and it's delivered right to your door. Smalls recently kicked off a partnership with the Humane Society. They have donated over a million dollars worth of food to help cats through the Humane Society, and they even give you a chance to donate at checkout, $3 for treats, $5 for vaccines, $7 for spaying or neutering. I feel better knowing I'm feeding our cats real food and not Bert Kibble. Smalls was started back in 2017 by a couple of guys home cooking cat food in small batches for their friends. A few short years later, they've served millions of meals to cats around the world. The difference that Smalls makes is real. After making the switch to Smalls, 78% of cat owners reported their cats had shinier and softer fur and 90% reported overall health improvements. That is a huge deal. And with Smalls, you can adjust or cancel at any time. Easily skip shipments, switch up recipes, and add on goodies based on your cat's needs and preferences. We love Smalls. Is your cat food giving back to cats in need? Well, Smalls is. So if you want to give Smalls a try and ditch kibble forever, head to smalls.com slash pineapple and use promo code pineapple at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you will find, but you have to use our code pineapple. 50% off your first order. One last time, promo code pineapple, 50% off your first order plus free shipping. Okay, Sean realizes the numbers and letters from a third email uh, correspond to a book location using the Dewey Decimal System, and they track it to find a book on reincarnation and rebirth. Sean then calls Juliet, who tells them Paula Merrill drowned seven years ago in Santa Barbara. This is good. I love the Dewey Decimal System. Just Okay, so while on their fifth and seventh slices of pie, Lassiter and Juliet, uh, Juliet walk into the diner telling Sean and Gus that Paula's body was never found the first time she drowned. Sean will... Yeah, Sorry. go on. Um, so talk about um, this cast reunite. I remember being on set and having this moment, this feeling of like, someday, some successful show is going to do a psychomage and reunite all of us. Oh, oh my God. That's, That's a good idea. I, wow. Wait, you remember saying that? I remember thinking that to myself. Or hoping that? Yeah. Hoping. Oh, wow. That, how lucky would that we be? Manifesting and believing. That's, That's our first believing since we came back from uh, our pivot, I think. They missed um, it. Matt, we have a few words that we give a lot of, of like energy to um, when someone dies. Well, you'll, you'll see. Okay. Um, believing is one of them. Okay. So Sean realizes that Robert staged, uh, her earlier death. Robert confesses Paula's mother was abusive and it was the only way they could save her. Later on, he also admits that he's Paula's real father. Sean finds Paula's diary, which is partly written in Latin. He calls father <laughs> Peter Wesley. Father Wesley, who was called up from our exorcism episode, who also is played by Ray Wise, who was also on Twin Peaks, <laughs> who translates the passage and tells them she was seeing someone with the first initial J. There's more. Sean, but okay, but Sean hangs up before he can hear. Yes, Tim. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is the nun in the background? She's mixing hair color, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then we eventually get to. It was a terrible accident. <laughs> Why his hair is so crazy white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've held it back so many times. My it's hair like, doesn't usually look like that. But it's also a great Twin Peaks homage, too. To, you know, his hair went completely Jeez. white. Yes, and, yeah. Uh, at one point in the show, uh, the original show. That's <laughs> so good. Um, okay. He's so funny. Yeah. Ray Wise is so funny. He's like, anyway. Okay, so we... Uh, uh, okay, so there's more. But Sean hangs up uh, before he can hear the rest. Sean realizes that the J stands for Jack, the teenager who discovered Paula's body. Jack tells them he dated Paula before Randy. He was with her that night, just talking, uh, but he was hit over the head. And when he woke, she was gone. This guy. from the beginning. Anyway, Sean knows Jack is a photographer, so he checks the role Jack took that day and sees an angry Randy in the background. That's when they meet up with Jules, who happens to be talking to Randy. Ugh, this scene 
this whole this gave me the this gave me the heebie-jeebies. Um, anyway, the boys then, huh? And we we just see your gun. We haven't seen uh, Jules' firearm in a long time. In a while, it has been. I've been like in a romantic, like we we were setting up the the Sean and Juliet thing so much. I feel like of this season. Um, and so now I'm like back in cop mode, which is fun. Um, okay. I noticed there are just a lot of shots in this episode that I was really interested in people, you know, people enter a door and then the creepy person at the door kind of looks outside <laughs> and right before they shut the door. I think Jack does it. Randy does it. Like everybody does it at one point, but that is a really creepy scene when Juliet shows up at the door and he, yeah. he wants to show her how he could cut wood in the backyard or whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And also like another thing too, just about you and, and in the editing with this, like everything just kind of breathe uncomfortably. Like, this show moves so fast. Like you, you know, we, we move really, really, really fast. And there's something about this episode that is just like uncomfortably like the pauses because also we never do that, but, but like, we're really, really, really playing into like the discomfort um, that comes with, uh, you know, Twin Peaks and creepy people. Okay, anyway, sorry. The boys. You need twelve extra minutes, guys. That's why you. Yeah, exactly. Um, The boys then track Randy down, who confesses he hit Jack, but then claims Paula was mad at him, so he went to the library, like you said. Back at the diner, Sean and Gus eat their pie while debating on who the killer is. That's when Sean realizes that Randy and Maudette dated in the past. When they get to the library to question her, they find her dead body. So that means she was. Murdered. There it is. They also discover a small room and evidence that it was her who had been sending the emails. The real killer would not have invited a detective to town, so it couldn't have been her. That's when they notice smoke coming into the room and find themselves trapped until Father Wesley saves them. Uh, Robert then picks them up and brings them to a lodge where he hopes they'll be saved. Sean then puts it all together. This was a cool Sean vision too. Um, with the finger and the thing and like the whatever. Randy was the last hope for the survival of uh, of the town's idyllic way of life. Paula was a threat since she had convinced yes to him. I just have to say question again for the director and our resident Twin Peaks ex- expert. Yeah. Wasn't Randy's character on Twin Peaks? He he was dying, wasn't he? Wasn't he ill or something? Which character? Whose character? Randy's character. Uh, yes, he was a shut-in. I can't remember, and he do- he hangs right. himself. But I can't remember if he had um, an illness before that. It's been a while since I've watched that. Yeah. Now we've got homework. Yeah, really You're your major feature film. Yeah, we'll leave it to the psychos. The psychos will not will have the answer to this too. Right. Um, okay, Paula was a threat since she had convinced Randy to leave town with her and and see the world, so she had to be eliminated. The sheriff and the doctor arrive and hold them at gunpoint, but Laster and Juliet and Jack show up in the nick of time and save them. In the end, Sean and Juliet try to grab a quiet moment at the diner, but look around at the weirdness of the town and decide to get out while they can. This, <laughs> it's just like, I mean... That may be my favorite scene I've ever shot, which is, I mean, we basically <laughs> like to take all the homages and all the weirdness we hadn't managed to jam into the Overlog episode and just put it in one with Tim being Agent Cooper and then with, yes. your, you know, your Scott Snyder yeah. and everybody dancing and that amazing, you know, one-eyed Jack being the sort of the the guy from the lodge and the giant yeah. just like him. And it was, that was so much fun. Yeah. So, so much fun. Like, I think I went online. I think it's still like Googling days to find, to find some footage of the great Kyle McLaughlin, also a Seattle boy doing his damn fine cup of coffee. Yeah. And trying to, really, trying to really nail that. that. Oh, and you minute. did. It was perfect. Nailed it. That's yes. why I brought it up. Yes. Yes. You wanted, yes, him. It was Oh, perfect. thanks, guys. The shot was perfect. The way it was. Oh, it was just so good. It was so good. It was so good. I, I, this episode is just, like, it's it's something else. It's like a real, it's like, a, it's real art. This is good shit. It was fun just to put, uh, Lassie's hair making that very severe Agent Cooper part. Yeah, it looked good. It looked good. It looked really I, good. Oh my god! So, anything else anyone wants to add before we get I into like our fan a, a massive? I think it was a first. A cipher. Um, I think it's. A, I could be wrong. Probably am. When uh, Sean and Jules took <gasps> up at the lake and steal the kiss. I think it was the very first that we doodle. Uh, that I think that might 
be one of the first labradoodles. Um, yes, it might not, be. Not, although not if the first, it was one of the first, and it made me smile with my heart very hard. Yes, I don't know if it was the first, uh, but I love that we used labradoodle knowing that it would distract Gus to try to like steal a kiss. It was just, uh, it's a perfect little, little moment. It's also like a nice little through line in the, I mean, we kind of keep it up uh, throughout, but like, you know, in this, in this crazy episode, cause we, we've just come on. Oh no, we actually had another, the in plane, the other episode, the in plane fright episode. We're also like, we're just always trying to find these moments where we can have a little romance in the middle of all the crazy. This one was, pro- this one is probably one of my, favorites of of all of them it's just it's so cute great. it's very psych it's just like it's perfect yeah the anyway. little peck was super sweet i loved it off off of the labradoodle distraction um okay. it's good um matt i just remembered i saw you at uh at tears for fears to bring yeah. just to, uh yeah we'll come back to the episode in just for a second but oh my god it was so much How fun good was that yeah, and to see you there, I, and you know, uh, to be there with James and to to see Kurt perform, yeah, and that was great. I mean, it's one of my fondest memories was doing the Clue episode. And I remember just like wandering on during lunch onto the set we had built for the big sort of library or whatever, and Kurt wandered in, and there was just a guitar, and he just picked it up and just played a concert, you know, just a, a just an acoustic concert during lunch. Like, oh my God, what what is this that I get to sit here and Kurt Smith plays an acoustic concert over lunch? On a, it was amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It was I feel like we had so many days like that on site where I'm like, is this real life? Is this actually I mean, this episode was one of them. Like, how lucky are we? Like to to be able to take our favorite shows and have a, a director as wonderful as you, ha- this cast that like get, getting so many um, members of the original cast. It really is like a, this was a pinch me episode for sure. This was a particularly special one. Yes. Yeah. For all the aforementioned reasons. Yeah. So we have some fan questions, Matt, if you have time, these are fun. <laughs> okay. I'm just looking at the first one. I mean, what's your favorite cinnamon treat? <laughs> uh, cinnamon toast. Not really very surprising, but love it. What about you, Tim? I like a I like a cinnabon. I think a cinnabon. I would go I would go old school, not silly, not the brand cinnabon, but I like a cinnamon roll. Yes, or the cinnamon roll. Yeah, it's good. Okay, now what was Matt's favorite scene to direct in this episode? This is good. I was going to ask you this too. Well, this is super boring. I would like to pick all of them because they were all amazing. But I think if I had to pick one, it would probably be the one we talked about, which is the diner at the end, because it was just. It was so much fun to stage all that insanity. Like there's the kid banging his head against the bar. There's, you know, Dana holding the picture and sobbing, but also dancing backwards and doing <laughs> the, the, you know, Jack dancing and, and copying. We had to copy so many things, you yeah. know, Tim doing the everything had to be sort of perfect. Oh, thanks for including me. I was waiting. No, no, no. <laughs> everything had to be perfect. And uh, and then we've got, you know, the, the Randy barking at the window. Like, it's just full of such nonsense. Um, yeah. But joyful nonsense. And then, you know, it was really fun. Uh, I love that. That was um, really good. Oh, my tree is eating my hair. Awesome. Um, okay. So how many Twin Peaks uh, references didn't make the cut? Was there anything you, like, were, like, brokenhearted or something you remember having to let go of? No, I think we got everything in that we yeah. wanted to, and then some, you know, I mean, everything was in there. Yeah, it's so good. Everything is in there. Okay, if you could choose, ooh, this is a good question. If you could choose another show to inspire an episode of Psych, what would it be? Ooh. I mean, you guys covered so many good ones. We did. We did. We covered so many, like, classic I was trying to think of something you've maybe directed or a show maybe you've been on that like you could Game actually, of Thrones. Um, Game of Thrones. Oh my god, the Game of Thrones. Yes, only if I, I, I get to have the dragons. Yes, I you can have the dragons. Yes, <laughs> I want to yes. be the mother of dragons. <laughs> oh my god, I remember. Anyway, well, we won't. But yeah, I remember watching an episode and being like, "That's one of the most incredible things." I've ever seen on television and it was directed by Matt Jackman. The oh. battle, the big, like the battle scene with like the, war, uh, the, uh, the dragons. And I think it was like the end of season seven, six. Yeah. It was maybe? Middle, yeah. Of seven. Yeah, middle of season or seven. Middle of seven. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, was like, oh, I thought you were going to say, I was watching that show 
and I saw Daenerys Targaryen and I knew how many hours of hair and makeup that took and I had <laughs> nothing to do with it. I would do that every day if and I got to have a little bit. The fact that Amelia had a had a uh, brain hemorrhage in between yeah. the seats. Oh, yeah. 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 She's was, Yeah. And exactly. how maybe that headpiece was that she was wearing. Yeah. And Max was talking to Game of Thrones. I'd said this early before you got on, but I'm pals with Daniel Portman, who played um the amazing Podrick. Oh and yeah, he, of course. He, oh, he's he, so he was going really on about how what a wonderful human being and director Matt was. Because he's the best. Matt is the best. Like yeah. you're so lucky to get to work with him. Like so anyway. kind of you to say. I was lucky to work with you guys. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome back anytime, buddy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, where did the filming uh, take place for this episode? That's our last question. I think we kind of covered that one, didn't we? I mean, obviously okay. on stage, uh, you know, at this yeah. you know, the studio for the basic stuff that you you know the office at the beginning, but after that, in the police station. But after that, we were in Britannia, Britannia. Beach, mm-hmm. in that lodge, wherever that cabin in the woods was, in various parts of. Um, you know, forests here or there. Where was that cabin? Because I feel like we used a cabin so many times in the, like the GVRD or somewhere, but like that, that, that little pocket, that little Britannia beach pocket was like amazing. Perfect. Like so special. So good. Some historical area that was preserved. And that was the interior of the diner. I know we dressed and there was also the interior of Dana's house was on this, whatever that was. I can't remember now, but like, you know, like a preserved old Vancouver kind of. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like a touristy spot. I'm taking yeah. girls there with um our friend, uh, Tom and Becca's kids. They would look for something to yeah. do to keep busy. Yep. Yep. I love it. It was like old time, um, whatever it was town. Yeah. Yeah. This was like, uh, this is one of the most special episodes of, of this is like one of those that, I mean, they all, as we rewatched them, I think of so many memories and things, but this was one that was like, I remember looking around so many times being like, my God, what are we doing? Like, how did we get so lucky to be on a show that we get to do, uh, you know, nine lives and, and an homage to Twin Peaks. <laughs> anyway, um, and, and Matt, we cannot, we can't thank you. I know like, we know how busy you are. We can't thank you enough for like, just, no being you and and obviously being here today but just like like bringing everything you brought to all of these episodes and and, and you mean it like family yeah one of us i loved every second of being up there and making the show with you guys and this was one of my favorites probably my favorite just because it was something that i loved twin peaks so much the chance to make this you know and this show has continued to be you know a part of my life too not just you know good memories but also just knowing you all as friends and James and I bought a crazy theater together and, you know, Dulé did plays at the Geffen when I was running it, you know, and there was yeah. sort of continues to sort of echo in surprising and wonderful ways um, in the, you know, in the minutes. I loved, I was so happy. You all bought that theater, um, the, uh, the Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Um, oh my God. What was the name of it? The Circle Theater. Yeah. The Circle Theater. Thank you. Um, I walk past it occasionally. I did, uh, I mean, before you all had done that, but I did Greedy there when Red Dog right. oh, did it. So, I, yeah. So I, that theater was so special. And, and I remember hearing, I was like, you were, I, I remember James saying something like, yeah, Matt and I are buying that together. And I think you all, you all actually had, did you, did both of your theater companies kind of merge or did, we had our own separate theater company. We just had a whole separate thing. It was okay. called Red Dog Squadron. Mine was Black Dahlia. You right. Know, so the red and the black were coming together. Um, and there were two theaters in that building. So our plan was that we would both be there and could just use right. that theater whenever. Yeah. And was so you, sorry you, that, yeah. Didn't, that didn't end up happening. It was an endless renovation, you know, like the money pit and a cautionary tale of buying an yeah. old theater. But it was, it was definitely the right idea and the right spirit when it started. So great. It's so good. We'll let you get back to prepping fantastic more. <laughs> uh, but thank you for taking um, an hour this, this day to like uh, talk through this very special episode with us. And, you know, my podcast, we, we just love you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Matt, for being here. Please tune in next week. We're going to have Dana Ashbrook on as well. 
We're going to turn this one into a couple of parts because it deserves it. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at PsychologistPod, on our Instagram at the PsychologistRN, and our Patreon, patreon.com slash PsychologistRN for full video episodes and ad-free apps. As always, we love you, psychos. Happy holidays. Thank you for listening. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.